Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 267. Brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. Said Golden here, and you see the Doug Kirk Bowles. Wow. Big doings going on in the college football populace. We're going to have Barry Tremel of the Oklahoman on, Duck. Um, in our next segment. But first, uh, let's talk about the Texas Longhorns. Someone out there thinks they're the best team in college football. They were number 18 in the USA Today coaches poll, but someone gave them a first place vote. It wasn't Steve Sarkeesian, who doesn't have a vote. It wasn't Jimbo Fisher, who doesn't have a vote. Duck, who was it? We're on the case. We're on the case. We are on the case. Uh, it could be Nick Saban. He does have a vote. I reached out to Alabama today, and Josh Max and the SID for football at Alabama said it's a private ballot. Nick never reveals his vote, which isn't a denial. So, but I'd, I'd be a little surprised if it was Nick because he takes everything serious. Wouldn't you be a little surprised if it was Nick? Yeah, I would be, even though I did write in uh, Wednesday's Austin American Statesman that he was suspect number one. Could be. We're playing a game of Clue, and he's suspect (laughs) number one. And I just – it's the kind of thing where he is always into the bunker mentality, the us against them. Hey, someone voted them number one in the country. Don't be sleeping on Texas. They're going – it's going to be an ambush when we get to Austin on September the 10th. So uh, that's the kind of, he's the most master of master motivators. And so um, it's a long way to go to make a point uh, because they're Alabama and uh, Texas is trying to find itself, but I wouldn't put it past St. Nick to pull something like that. But can you see him walking in the room and Bryce Young's coach, coach, did you really vote Texas number one? Did you know they were five and seven last year? And never gonna tell them. <laughs> no one will ever know. People talk. People talk. I don't know. I don't think people around Nick Saban talk because those people get gone. They don't talk. That's well, they, don't, they don't talk publicly. They don't talk publicly. We know they don't that. People talk privately. You don't read stories coming out of there about grumblings inside that building or anything like that. That is a fortress of not misinformation, but non-information. There's not a whole lot seeping out of those walls. Those walls in Tuscaloosa do not talk. And if those who do talk are disgruntled, they end up at Texas or somewhere. Uh, Not a bad bad falling spot, Doug. No, but, but, you know, I don't know if Sark just going to get his rejects or not. but, uh, But, yeah, we've had some fun with this whole thing and i've reached out mac brown does not have a vote i talked to jeremy sharp uh the former ut assistant sid he says mac doesn't vote jimbo doesn't have a vote at a and uh, i tried mac was listed on those voters though no he, i don't think he was i, I don't look jeremy said he's not a voter okay so and uh so i checked with uh, jake spavital today and and uh, I texted him. I said, did you vote him number one? And he sends me the old weepy eye emoji. So uh, then he said, I did vote him high. So Higher than 18. Maybe one. I don't know. And I checked with Kyle Stevens at uh, UTSA, Jeff Trader, former Longhorn assistant. He didn't vote him number one. And I reached out to some other ones like uh, – 
Sunny Dykes at TCU and Stan Drayton at Temple. Not heard back from. I think you had a little bit, too, I think you had a little bit too, much, too much time on your hands, Doug. Those well, guys, those guys aren't gonna tell you anything. I, well, some of them are. Some of them are, are saying they didn't vote for them, but we do have time on our hands because we don't get any new players to talk to. I was oh, talking right. to BD about that today. They've got thirty-five new faces on this roster. Sark made a point to tell us last week. How many of those have we talked to of those 35? Well, in, in over your over your past many years covering the Longhorn program, particularly under Mac Brown in the modern era, when do they ever let newcomers talk? Oh, I know. But Never. wouldn't that be great? Aren't Longhorn Nation fans salivating over hearing, you know, from uh, you know, Isaiah Nayor or Jill Billingsley or Hall or or any of these players that are, are bringing something new that excites the fan base, wouldn't that make sense to you? I think so. I think so, especially with the um, number one team in the country uh, coming back, coming off a of five and seven season. You know, that's a. I think. I think to get those new players in front of us, it's something. It's something that we would like. It's a sports writer's question. It's a fan's question. Yeah, it's not a football coach's. Questions because he's trying to figure out if these guys can help him. But um, I wanted to I wanted to share this with the listeners and the viewers. I um, actually asked Coach Sarkeesian about about the uh, number one vote. Here's what he had to say: You guys finished five and seven last year. Uh, you get Thank, the first. Thanks for the reminder. I appreciate that. I mean, just making sure you have <laughs> in case you forgot. Um, you get a first place vote in the coaches poll today. Um, who, who's Which one of you guys did it? I don't know. Coaches. No, there are no coaches oh. in there besides oh. you, sir. Darn it. Um, it wasn't me. Uh, it's, you, don't uh, vote, yeah. you don't have a vote, no. do you? No. Who do you uh, who, who, I mean, what's your reaction to that? I, I, you know, I say this all the time. I, I never really understand preseason polls. I don't, I don't quite get them. And I know you guys do your media picks for the Big 12, and we do it for, you know, for the coaches poll and then the AP poll. I, I, I never – I, don't, I never quite understand it because you are the way you play. You are the record that you end up with. And um, we got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, we're picked to finish fourth in the, in the Big 12. So that should motivate us to, to get our asses moving and practice really well. He doesn't like being reminded that they went five and seven, Doug, but I don't want him to forget. So I kind of bring it up from time to time. He doesn't have a whole lot of use for the preseason for the preseason poll, but he did say we're, we're picked to finish fourth in the Big 12, and that resonated with him. Yeah, he said they got to get their asses moving. about that than the number one pick. Number he said one. they got to get their asses moving. Got to get moving. Stuff. So, yeah, you know, I just – that just falls on deaf ears to me. I don't get the poll. It's, the, it's all interest. I mean, every sports talk show in America – it's talking about college football. It's building interest. It's hyping the game. It's talking about the best players. It's talking about somebody like a Wake Forest losing their quarterback or NC State making a bid or is A&M a top five team. I, I just – it drives me crazy when coaches say that. And, you know, here's Sark making $6.2 million and those fans pay his salary. And it's because of their passion. And – just because you have a poll doesn't mean you're wedded to it. You know as well as I do when I vote my AP poll, I'll make a drastic change. You know, if I've got an unranked team and they knock off somebody high, I'll put them in my top ten. You know, I, I think the days of incrementally moving them up or two or three spots are are over. But it's all about interest. It's all about passion. And I don't really understand why Sark wouldn't get it. He kind of gets it. He just doesn't want to – he doesn't want to be um, too inclusive of 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 the – me. I mean, of the coaches and what they're doing. Um, I'm not a huge fan of preseason polls, but it does kind of get me excited about the season coming up, and it kind of gives me a little bit of a – a little bit of a kick in the, you know – little shot in the arm to get ready for the season 
but I but I'll take them over watch list all day long. Oh my God. Those are the words. Watch list. Those are the words. 90, 90 people on a Bednarski watch list. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Or not ninety great receivers in college football. No, uh, I mean at least, at least the or tackles or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah you said Bednarski and not Belinikov, but I, I uh, yeah, you you see Jatavian Sanders on the tight end watch list. Had got a pass. He's and never got a pass in college. Yeah, those are silly. Now the watch list doesn't make any sense to me. If you want to do it after week one, week two, uh, knock yourself out. Go for it. But all those watch lists, to me, that's crazy. So, anyway, what else have you learned? Uh, we've, we've had, I guess, what, six days of practice, seven, and now have the pads on this week. Have you learned anything yet? No. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, I have. Um, I've learned that I believe B. John Robinson is starting to come into his own as a leader in that locker room. Um, he's getting after people at practice uh, for drop balls, for missed assignments. He's tra- he's talking trash to Agent Zero and Moro Ojimo um, in, in an effort to get people fired up on both sides of the ball. I think he knows that this is a, uh, and I know he might not look at it this way, but this is this is how I view it, Duck. This is a money year for B. John Robinson. And I'm not talking about the Lamborghini he's driving around. I'm talking about, do you want to be a first round pick? Do you want to be a guy that goes number 24 in the first round? Or do you want to go be a guy that goes number five or number six? Because there's bigger money in that top five than there is in that top 30. Um, the Heisman hype is real, but it's preseason hype it's not october hype if it's october hype then we know he's rolling already and they're still talking about him so i like what he said i like what's coming out of his mouth i like the leadership that he's showing um will it translate to wins on that field will they make the same mistake they made when mac brown made in 09 with colt mccoy when in his zeal and his zest to get colt a Heisman Trophy. He he didn't get Garrett Gilbert good reps. 20, 26 passing attempts uh, going into the championship game. Didn't have him ready. And they have a stable of running backs, Duck. A stable of good running backs. My hope would be that they don't run Bijan into the ground trying to win what has largely become a quarterback's award. Well, he better be a leader now because he's only on campus probably Four more months. What are you so, trying to say, Doug? You, you think okay, he's gone? He gone? He gone? He got to go. There's probably not a one percent chance he comes back after this year, and I would. And you? He shouldn't. He shouldn't. You only so, get a certain amount of carries, Doug, in your body. So much trail in the stars. Uh, a couple of other things. Uh, when do you think he might name the quarterback? Uh, I think probably, maybe not next Monday after. Saturday's first scrimmage, but I'm kind of thinking maybe the following Monday after scrimmage two, and then he'll dub uh, Quinn Ewers as the savior. That's the first day of school, I believe, Duck. No, yeah, but it's like two weeks till. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it actually is Monday the Monday the twenty uh, second, I believe. Um, you know what? I is it the wait a minute? Uh, Wednesday is the twelfth, ten, twenty four. Um, Duck, I look at it like this. Sooner rather than later. And if you already know it's the guy, let's let's get it done. Let's do it. Let's yeah. let's finish up the last two weeks of August or the last week of August knowing full well who the quarterback is. I think he'll do it in that in a formal presser, which those you know, they might do something over on the ninth floor of BKR and Centennial Room, you know, Longhorn Network will be there. I, th- I think that's when he would do it. I don't know that he'd do it on midweek availability. Uh, it's a big, it's a big announcement. Uh, personally, I, I think the Sark knows that yeah. he's, that he's going to name Quinn. You think, think all of us do. He, thought, we knew, thought we knew last year though, and we didn't. Well, but here's let me throw this at you. 
What if he named next Monday after one scrimmage, Hudson Card's my quarterback? Okay, you've made your bed with Hudson Card two years in a row. The last time you did that, it lasted seven quarters. If you name Hudson Card your starting quarterback again, and that Alabama week two game, and he, you know, puckers up in the first half, and you got to go to Quinn Ewers. Now you've picked the wrong guy twice. You know, Sark, and you're the quarterback whisperer. So it's just one more reason why he's probably got to pick Quinn Ewers and and let Quinn Ewers play himself either into or out of the role. But, you know, remember, this guy hadn't thrown a pass in college. He hadn't thrown a pass in a game in two years. So it's a gamble. But, you know, I think it's so obvious to everybody it's going to be Ewers. And like I said, there's a bit of a gamble if he named card. Yeah, but if he names Card, um, he can't be thinking about what happened last year because maybe Hudson Card's totally different player than he well, was last year. Well, we I, thought he was better in the spring. We yeah. we thought he outplayed Quinn in the spring game. You and I did. We we my, our eyes didn't lie to us. He was better yeah. than Quinn yours. He was six out. Of, he was six out of his first seven, and Quinn yours was missing all over the place. So I I think that. Um, you know, what do we know? We don't get to watch full practices. Yeah. I, but I just I just believe it's gonna be Quinn. Uh people don't like it when I say it. I don't I don't care. I I I believe that, that when he gave, when he came in here, I think assurances were made to him that it was his job to lose. Yeah, I disagree. I know I, you, I know you do, but um this this is not nineteen eighty seven. This is this is NIL. This is uh, players have more negotiating power than they've ever had um, because it's over the table and the money is there. Um, he didn't come here to, to lose a starting job to Hudson Card. He's not competing against Colt McCoy. This is a guy who flamed out in the second game. And so when they made the decision to come to Texas, they didn't just say we're going, then they met with Sark and company. No, those meetings happened beforehand. And and I'm sure the Ewers clan uh, laid out laid out their, you know, where they stood on this matter. And um is it a was it a done deal before he got here? No. But I, I, I do believe that the first day he stepped on campus that he was already the leader in the clubhouse because of discussions they had had. Well, here's why I would disagree. Not so much giving assurances because that's a good way for a locker room to to bail on you. It's more you draft the guy in the first round and, you know, Tom Brady's, what, sixth round? You know, it's like you're going to lean toward playing that first-round pick, and it's more that than telling Quinn Ewers, oh, yeah, it's your job because – you know, Quinn Ewers starts. No, it's your job to lose, Quinn. I'm gonna say it's your job, but I'm, I'm well, saying what I mean. I'm saying Quinn, Quinn, you're gonna step on that field as the lead dog, but you gotta you gotta play well. But it's I, I don't think it was an uh, an even race when they both got in the starting block. No, I don't either. But I just quibble with the word assurances because I think if you do that, hey, you're our guy. We're not gonna start Hudson Card. I think that would be a disservice to your team. I just think he was so high profile and like the number one recruit in the nation, all that accompanies that. But who's you know, to say you, you mean you say you do a disservice to your team? Those those people aren't privy to those conversations. As long as Queen Ewers plays football and plays plays up to his ability, I mean, sure. I mean he could they couldn't have had those conversations and Quinn show up fat. Mm-hmm. And, this interesting. I know, but you were talking about assurances before he got here. I'm saying assurances before he got here that that um, that you know if you play if you play like you're capable of playing, you're gonna it's gonna be your job. Well, sure, but that's not assurance because nobody knows if he's capable. Of no, playing. But, but but he didn't go in and go. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to win that job, Quinn, because it's you know it's gonna be an even race. No, when he when you land, like you said, when you when you draft a guy in the first round, you're yeah, you're going to try to play that guy. 
Yeah, we're gonna have to get Barry on with it. But last thing, was there somebody else that's jumped out at you said that? Oh, I like his cut. I like the way he looks. I know you and I both were impressed with Kelvin Banks, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, I saw I saw him going through drills, and he's a big offensive lineman. And I will be shocked if he's not starting uh, by week three or week four. He may start the opener, but he they might. don't have guys. They don't have guys that look like him and right. move like him. And um, yeah, I, I just couldn't imagine if if they're going to play him and tackle someone like Christian Scott beating him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, eventually, Kelvin Banks going to be the the linchpin of that offensive line. And I know it's a freshman, but he sure don't look like it does. And you've got like Cam Williams, DJ Campbell, players like that. They're going to get every opportunity to play meaningful minutes early, I think. Well, let's get Barry Trammell in here, Doug. Let's do it. On Second Thought. Doug, let's shift gears from the, uh, from the number one team in the country. Um, <laughs> at least according to one voter, to... <laughs> A, leg- a legitimate title contender. A real number one. A real number one, especially in the Big 12 ranks, the Oklahoma Sooners. A Barry Trammell, our friend of the podcast, longtime columnist of the Oklahoman, joins us. Uh, Barry, is there anything interesting going on on, on that beat? Uh, no, it's, been, it's, it's, it's been low key up here in, uh, in central <laughs> Oklahoma. Nothing to write about, nothing to. Oh, what a mess. What a mess. Oh. Put it, put it in a, put it on the table for us. Uh, I'm sure you were stunned. I would think. I know you've known Kel Gundy since he was in diapers almost. So yeah. What was your initial reaction? Well, I was stunned like everybody else, but um, if people don't know what we're talking about, right? He's long time, 23 year OU assistant, former OU quarterback, wide receivers coach. He gets mad. One of his players isn't paying attention in a, in a, in a position meeting. He goes over the kid who's on his iPad. He grabs the iPad. The kid was, I don't know if the kid was writing lyrics or was just looking at lyrics, but Kale decides he's going to embarrass the kid by reading what's on the screen. Mm-hmm. He starts reading. He reads a word he shouldn't have read. Turns out he read it multiple times, repeatedly. Let's say he read it repeatedly. I always take repeatedly as more, more than multiple. Multiple is the word I use when I really mean two, but I want it to sound big. <laughs> repeatedly. More um, than two. And, yeah. and clearly, clearly, Kale just lost his mind. You know, he just, he's angry. He's mad. He just loses his mind. And the fallout is he's out of a job. Um, you know, they, so that has, this happened Thursday. And by Sunday, early Sunday, the fate was known. He was out of a job. By Sunday night, it was announced. And, um, you know, people, it, it's sort of, in many ways, it's sort of split the uh, the Sooner Nation. A lot of people. I bet. I bet. You know, people all, you know, right? Compiling petitions, taken to the streets, uh, you know, mad at at uh, the woke movement, and then other people on the other side saying, "What are you talking about? It's automatic. He had to go." So, um, rough, rough first, uh, rough first, rough waters for Brent Venables. Got hired in December, and the other day he woke up and said, "Oh, this so this is why they're paying me seven million dollars to coach football. I got to I got to deal with this kind of stuff. Big bucks, big headaches. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's a mess. It's a mess. But but Kale Gundy is out. There's not any question about that. That was so I, abrupt. Yeah, I, I I my immediate reaction was there has to be more to the story because at first they were like, oh, you said an inappropriate word while he was reading, and I go." That can happen. Yeah. That can happen. Well, but just don't say it again. Well, here's and you know, pretty clearly, um Kale, you know, Kale was trying to take up for himself, you know, defend himself with his right. initial tweet. Of course. Uh University Brass was not too happy with that because uh it clearly didn't tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, this is not everybody in tears as as he walks away. Um, they liked Kale. They appreciate his service, but I don't know that they were too happy with him. 
uh, even after this incident with some of the things that happened. So um, it's a mess. Uh, personally, I think there was no decision to be made just from a pragmatic standpoint. You know, his main focus is recruiting. Right. Now, I know I know none of the none of the uh, gentle minded Texas people would would use this against OU and recruiting. But what do you think the Aggies would do with this information? <laughs> I'm crying out loud. No, especially especially in these times. Well, uh, you wrote an interesting column, Barry, about this subject, and you quoted your pastor, right, uh, Reverend Clarence Hill, and who posed the question. He said, "Where's room for forgiveness? Why can't like minds just come to the table, sort this out?" And I thought he made some really good points, as you did in your story, especially when this guy's been there for over a quarter of a century as a player and a coach. Do you think? Either Brent argued for that or Joe Castiglione or the administration said, because it didn't happen the next day. Do you right. think it went up the chain of command and there were some people that said, maybe let's see if we can talk this I could out. be wrong. I, I could be wrong. I don't think this went higher in the decision-making process than Brent and Joe Castiglione. Okay. I don't know that. Uh, I've been told that the president, well, involved you know involved in the information gathering and what's going on was not you know was left the decision basically up to them okay um and you know my pastor clarence Hill, he made a great point it's a great point we're not going to get anywhere if we don't sit down and talk about these things <coughs> right and try to find reconciliation yeah common ground and yeah and and, and learn and learn from stuff exactly. on the other hand it goes back to what i just said you know, this is not, we're not playing, you know, we're not playing recreation football here. We're not, we're not on the street corner trying to get along in the neighborhood. You know, this is a billion dollar business in case anybody hadn't noticed in the last 12 months. Yeah. And, you know, this it's high stakes. And Kale Gundy's job is to recruit football players and, and turn them into playmakers when they get here. And if that, ability and he's been very good at it i mean he's yes. basically for 20 years the yeah. totality of 20 years he's probably the number one recruiter for you in terms of star wow. power but if if that's compromised then his ability to do that job that's mm -hmm. throw out the high-mindedness throw out the spirituality throw out the congeniality throw out the the milk of human kindness there's football there's football games to be won and that's what we're. That's where we're at. So, I don't know that OU had any choice uh, in the matter. It's a shame, and you know, hopefully, at some point, Kale and his alma mater, who he, you know, he's been incredibly loyal to. He's been, 20, he's starting quarterback for four years, so he's twenty-seven seasons of Oklahoma All football. Time. He's got the most wins as a player slash coach combination in school history. By a wide margin, he like leads Switzer by sixty victories. So, mm. um, so this is a this is a monumental person in the history of OU football. But he was sort of after the after the incident last week, he had become rendered himself ineffective yeah. for the job. You can't and, claim ignorance. This is not nineteen fifty eight. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, uh, and and Cedric's right. Yeah. If you just read it. Oh, what they oh, do? Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. But yeah. if you keep, yeah, if you, but if you keep going, and you know, mm -hmm. he, he is a member of the Gundy family. Right. And we know that they can lose their head. They can. They. they <laughs> I know that. Uh, Mike hadn't done it in a long time, but he has before. <laughs> but, so, he's okay. not, but, but he will always be known for that one day. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. That's With right. So, so for me, I, I look at it two ways. Like Barry said, it's business. You can't, I mean, for every Drake Stoops out there, there are seven or eight CD lambs who you've got to go into that into that house and tell his mom and dad and convince them that Oklahoma is the place for your kid. He's no longer able to credibly walk into a black household. Right. Without Same that thing. stigma attached to him, it's yeah. going to be hard for him to get a job, I think, because the people know what he said. Unless and it's no water. And, 
He's got a nanny, but he knows somebody from what he understands. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But you know what? Um, there's a, such a thing as negative recruiting in this business. Yeah, he's compromised. Yeah, you know, I talked to Kale Gundy last week. You mean the guy that, that mm-hmm. dropped the M-bombs? Yeah. And, 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 and here's the other thing. It is 2022. And surely their cell phone recording our video these kids record everything unless they take up cell phones before i mean there's there could easily be a tape out there those kind of things happen one disgruntled player and all of a sudden here here here's kale gundy audio so yeah. oh um, yeah Brent, and, and and cedric and that's that's a good point there because some people have said well why didn't they just try to deal with it internally, not let it out, blah, blah, blah. There's no such thing. Well, here's the thing. You can attempt that, and mm-hmm. maybe you're successful. Yep. But what if you're not? Right. Then it's out, and you you hit you you hit it. You swept it under right. the rug. So oh, everybody yeah. is looking terrible. Yeah, so, it looks worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was not a, that was not an option. Well, the cover-up worse than the crime. We've seen That's it right. over and over and over. That's now right. I wonder, how big a setback is this for Brent Venables, who – Hadn't coached a game yet as a head coach. How is that as far as working with his staff and just kind of the morale and the the, the mojo right now, Barry? I think the staff will be okay. Um, Brent brought in a ton of his own people. He kept, you know, three or four guys. Uh, let's see, DeMarco Murray, Bill Bedenboe, Kale Gundy. Maybe that was it. So you only mm-hmm. got two holdovers. Right. And – uh, DeMarco Murray put out a put out a uh, a statement that was you know semi supportive of Kale, but not he wasn't full I blast out there. Yeah, yeah. So and and Beatenbow, you know, sort of right. minds his own business on stuff. So I think the staff will be fine. Um, you know, we're told that the, the team morale, the team met. They had they had a long team meeting about this uh, before the announcement was made. So I assume that the team is sort of in, in, in gear with what, with what the decision was. Uh, Brent's biggest problem is going to be the, the fracture in the fan base, mm-hmm. um, which is no big deal as long as he beats Nebraska and Texas and gets to 5-0 and oh, and, you know, everybody's throw a parade. Everybody's happy. But, but what if he, if he gets off to 3-2, and two, all of a sudden, not only can he not win, but he doesn't know how to to run a staff and right. and maintain, you know, make good decisions. So, it, like we said, it's a business. It comes down to winning and losing. So, um, that's the know, bigger the, question: decision making. Yeah, right. The good news for Venables is he's fifty years old, and while I still, I don't know about outsiders, but. I still think of, when I think of Brent Venables, I think, you know, the 30 year old sidekick to Mike Stoops, <laughs> I sort of have to, Oh yeah, this guy's 50 years old and he's, he's been yeah. gone from here 11 years and he was here 13 years. And before that he was with Bill Snyder for eight years. Mm-hmm. So he's not any kind of yearling in terms of being around football. He's seen Bob Stoops and Bill Snyder and Dabo Swinney make big time decisions. You know, what's interesting guys. I'd forgotten this when my, my uh, colleagues brought it up. Remember four or five years ago, the Clemson assistant who um, who uh, said the wrong word. Um, yeah, yeah, one of it, Dabo's assistants. One of Dabo's assistants, and um, he, I think he was just repeating what the what somebody had just mm-hmm. yelled at him, um, and it was a big deal. Dabo kept him. Dabo yeah. kept that coach on the staff. So Brent has seen this kind of decision have to be made up close. Oh yeah, and and he thinks the world of Dabo Swinney, right? Um, he pro- I would say Dabo Swinney's had a bigger impact on on Brent than than Stoops or Snyder, who had yeah. profound impacts on him. So he's he's as prepared to make this decision as anybody could be. And don't I you guess. think Barry, the heating process will be helped a little bit because they see Brent as one of their own, as opposed to. Hiring somebody from Utah or Virginia. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 They know Brent. They you know. know. Yeah. And Brent didn't say uh, it. I mean, Brent had to do that. He had to make uh, that call. Yeah. yeah. And and you know what? A whole lot of this guys is steeped in just the uh, the unfortunate um, atmosphere that permeates our entire country. True. Where Absolutely. anything that happens, 
people draw a political line, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, sandwich bread or or uh, wheat bread. Um, you know, people find a way to turn it into a political uh, debate. So uh, there's a lot of that going on here. Uh, we saw that in Stillwater two years ago with Mike Gundy's deal with uh, Chuba Hubbard. Um, yeah. You know, every, everybody was everybody was over that and everybody was uh, cheering on the Cowboys when they beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. So it all mm-hmm. comes down to how you do on the football field. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't I don't think people are going to turn back their season tickets. And if they do, somebody will be there to buy. Them. So okay. well, go ahead, Ted. It reminded me of when I um I was early in my column writing days. When Obama won the um, the nomination, and uh, Duck, you remember this? Texas had a uh, backup center by the name of Buck Burnett from Wimberley, Texas. And right. Buck Burnett, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, <laughs> put on his Facebook page something along the lines of, um, "You know, we gotta we gotta go hunt down that coon in the White House." And and um, it went viral for whatever viral was back then. It was pre-Twitter. And Mac Brown threw him off the team. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a column saying that he did the right thing. Um, Buck didn't want to be quoted in the piece, but he, he apologized to me as a, you know, because he knew I was a black man and uh, his teammates. But in the piece, I wrote that, you know, Mac Brown knows where his bread is buttered, and it's in Houston and Dallas. I mean, it's not in West Texas. I mean, the, the black kids from those cities and those suburbs are, are, are the are the athletic backbone of his team, the Vince Youngs, those kind of guys, the Jamal Charleses. So uh, I got huge blowback, uh, death threats, in uh, bombs, voicemails. Doug, remember, they wouldn't have let me open my mail because they thought people were going to send me anthrax in my mail. That was a big deal back in then. So um, here we are. 14, 15 years later, and we're having some of the same conversations and uh, white men are making some of the same gaffes, except that the spotlight is a lot bigger now because of social media. And man, these these people need to figure out, man, think, think, think first before you before you do something. Kale must have just lost his ever loving mind. Yeah, he oh, yeah. To basically maybe throw away a career mm-hmm. um, but because one kid wasn't paying attention. Um, I was that that's the one thing that shocked me because he's been around forever and he's not some pup coach who just got out of college. And uh, man, I'm sure he's just he, he will he will forever regret uh, that just lapse in judgment. It can happen to anybody. But like I said at the beginning of this conversation, you say it one time and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, like Woody but Hayes, don't, but but don't but don't put it don't don't cut it and paste it. I mean, because w- once you say it once, you, that that little voice inside of you should be going. I don't need to say that again. Yeah, he's, unless, yeah. Unless, unless you're used to saying it, and I don't know, Kale, mm-hmm. but that is a thought that crossed my mind. Maybe he's a little bit too comfortable saying yeah. that word. Um, if you say it repeatedly, it definitely raises that that point anyway. So. But anyway, uh, to change subject just a little bit, I don't know how what kind of marks you give Brent Venables on the way he's running his team, how he's dealing with the media, and do you think they're a legit preseason top ten team, Barry? Oh, I would say maybe down there, as long as you're as long as you're down near the bottom of the top ten. Right. I, I think that's where I got them. And maybe they're not pushing the top five. I don't think there's a lot of questions about them. Um, you know, the defense will be better coached. There's not any question about that. Right. But they were only mediocre last year. You know, Casey Thompson lit them up mm-hmm. for a good chunk of that, that Saturday in the Cotton Bowl. Other people, Tulane scored 35 on them. Um, they had some issues. And they lost five players to the NFL draft. So it's not like they were void of talent. Right. They might be void of talent this year compared to last year. So. I'm hard pressed to see if they'll be much better on defense. Whatever, whatever gains they make because of Brent's culture and his defensive acumen, you got you got those guys missing. Um, and offensively, I think they're going to be good. Is their quarterbacking Dylan Gabriel? Is it going to be what they've been used to? Well, 
he's probably pretty similar to Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. Very proven. You know, for, uh, I'll, I'll let the Horn fans in on something. The Caleb Williams that came in and broke your heart, that's the best he played all year. He didn't play like that the rest of the season. So, um, he, you know, he's clearly going to be a star, and he's clearly talented. But he yeah. was he, he had his moments where he had made a lot of mistakes. So Dylan Gabriel can play up to the Rattler uh, Williams level. I don't think he can get to Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. So Heisman level there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to be a top four Heisman guy. The tailback room is pretty wiped out. They don't have. You know, they've been running Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks and all kinds of people with yeah. opponents. They don't have anybody like that unless there's a freshman superstar that we haven't seen. So. um Offensive line has been shaky, you know, by OU standards for two or three years. So I I just don't think they're going to be up to the Oklahoma mm. nor, normal on offense. Yeah. Now they get they get they get Baylor and Norman, they get OSU and Norman, they get Texas and Dallas. So the schedule is favorable. So they could win the Big 12. They'll be hecked. They'll probably be favored in every game they play. Yeah. Uh or they they certainly are now. But it just seems like a wide know. open Big 12 to me. It does. Watch out for the Wildcats. Watch out yeah. for the K States. Adrian Martinez. And yeah. they play OU well, as we know. Yeah, so. they do. They do. Yeah. They, got, they, they, got K, they got K State and Norman. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard. They got a fantastic schedule. Great schedule. But, um, but it's, uh, it is going to be a wide open Big 12, I think. I'm looking forward to that Nebraska. They may go up to Lincoln. I don't know what the last year they went up there. Oh nine hadn't been since oh nine. They'll be loaded for bear up there. Yep, they will. Nine. They will. A little pressure on Scott Frost too. Yeah, so. Casey Thompson yeah. and Dylan Gabriel. Just the just <laughs> the OU Nebraska matchup we thought we'd see. Exactly. Exactly. So what? Uh, you know, there's talk about Big Ten saying this mega media rights deal. Do you see that having any effect on Texas and OU's departure date for the SEC? I think it's possible. I actually thought as soon as we I heard the USC UCLA news, yeah, I thought we we could see the uh, the Sooners and Longhorns go a year early because I don't think ESPN wanted Fox to get the jump on the revelry and the excitement behind the the new the new deal with which starts. That was actually refreshing to see that. To see that the mouse was kind of on the outside looking in, I kind of yeah. like to see that. <laughs> well, also yeah. that now that ESPN's out of the Big Ten picture, mm-hmm. they got more money to spend on the Big Twelve, and if Ooh, they get they. more money, and you got the four newcomers coming in next summer, I mean, maybe. No. Do you see any way next year SEC, or is that way too early? I don't see it in twenty three. I don't um, either. I, maybe. I do think I do think twenty four is possibility. That's yeah. what I like. I like it. And it's uh, I, I, uh, ESPN would have to pony up as far as the Sooners are concerned. I mean, right. OU's not going to write them up anybody a big check to leave early. But if ESPN wants to get involved, that could happen. Um, we'll see what happens with the Big 12 contract. Um, I don't know. Um, I think the Big 12, the NBC-CBS deal with, with Fox and Big 10 – that helps the Big 12 in terms of promotion. Right. Uh, all things being equal or even not even being equal, you'd rather be on ESPN for the hype, for game day, for the game tradition, day. for all that reasons. I do think it potentially could hurt them, though, financially, uh, because it could take CBS and NBC, probably will, out of the marketplace. They may be say, we got what we want. Yeah, maybe ESPN and Fox, maybe all that's left. The more networks you have – yeah. The, better, the more your price goes up. And if it's ESPN bidding it against itself or right. just one other entity, I don't know. When you keep I, hearing I wonder, a duck, I wonder if, you yeah. know, I think they play one more year and then, and then the mouse just goes, you know what? We're going to help you with this exit fee, Texas. But um, that 15 million that we were going to give you for a <laughs> network, why don't we just let that one go and bye then bye. cut you a check for another We'll, we'll 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 pony up another fifteen million, and then you can pony up fifteen million, and then that's like forty fifty million. That might be able to get them out of there. Maybe I, I can't even nail them down on if it's you know once they just said they're leaving, the figure was eighty million dollars. And I've talked to Texas people, and 
and Big 12 people, and they say it doesn't necessarily – it, doesn't, it doesn't go – not Burden. Right. Um, Bozeman Both. said that it – people are putting that out there that it keeps going down every year. He goes, that is not true. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That Texas won't say what it is, but I don't know if Oklahoma says what it is. But And here's the other thing. I don't know that OU's in any hurry to get there. <laughs> Texas shouldn't be either. I'm serious. Um, Finally, <laughs> someone speaks the truth. Yeah, I mean, they had to and, go because Texas. Well, and 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 I I think they'd have been fine, but with the coaching change, yeah. and the culture change, and I think they want to give Brent a chance to get his legs under him, get his yeah. his system in, and his recruits in before they start, you know, trading off Iowa State for for right. LSU. So, what about the fact that they own the Big Twelve? I mean, that there's that little caveat. Well, that's true. Too. Yeah. You're taking them out of their fiefdom and you're putting them into a dang minefield. I, yeah. It's a money move. It ain't a football move. It was never about football. No, you're exactly money. right. Texas exactly. is not exactly rolling at five and seven. They, they could use another decade or so to to maybe get rid. Vanderbilt's like I did. I did. You know, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Blake Toppermeyer, the uh, SEC writer for Gannett. We yeah. learn his stuff a lot. He threw out the 10-game conference schedule with five permanent opponents, and he gave the Sooners Texas, Texas A&M, Missouri, Arkansas. LSU. And I don't think it was LSU. Ole Miss and Ole Miss, <laughs> to yeah. which everybody wow. in Norman said, sign us up for that. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> They're like not going to take away that, that Prairie View game in week nine. Oh, They're man. always going to have the the cupcake at the yeah. end of the year that just just kind of just grinds everything to a halt. I'd like to see. I, I want to see what's in the contract because mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I went and researched it. Look, Georgia's future schedules are loaded. They got some. Florida tough. is getting close with them. There's one year where uh, Florida has four Power Five opponents scheduled. Georgia has three or four years where they have three <laughs> scheduled. Right. So, and Alabama is starting to do that. And you guys are seeing that, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're breaking their, their road game deal by coming to Austin. They've been playing these neutral site games forever. Right. So I wonder if, if we are going to see a little break in the, in the scheduling, you know, the Florida coach, uh, the Florida athletic director, Scott Strickland, he told me, I talked to him at the women's world series. He said, we got to cut this out. We got to play real games. You know, even play, Amen. even Alabama, the tickets are soft in terms of yeah. people coming to the stadium, even That's Alabama. So people don't want to see these, what amounts to a scrimmage exhibition cupcakes. games. You're exactly not, not right. That deep into the season when it's supposed to mean something. Well, not just that. I mean, the, the students don't come or. No. They come in the second quarter and leave after halftime. Yep. And the other thing, too, it behooves Alabama and Georgia. Let's play nine conference games or ten because your other opponents are going to lose more games, too, than Alabama or Georgia are going to lose. So I'd love to see minimum a nine, but ten would be perfect. I, think. I was told there's an 8-8 split on that issue in the conference. The, the heavyweights, yeah. the big boys want to play <clears throat> nine. The uh, you know the other guys want to play eight. Yeah, so, I could see that. I mean, um, and I think that counts OU and Texas among the heavyweights. So, um, I don't know how they'll split that. I don't. I, I don't know enough about SEC politics to know what goes on down there. Yeah, and obviously, it looks like there's going to be no merger between the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve because they're both trying to stand on their own. Yeah, but I just hope with the Big Twelve adding four teams next year, you get to twelve. 14 if Texas and OU are still there. And they want to just get on with the future, too. So that's my hope anyway. Yeah. We'll Um, see. We'll see. I'd like to see the Big 12. I told them this a year ago when when all this first happened. I said, here's your best play for Big 12 contract negotiations. Stand up and say, we're going to be the conference that plays people. I told Oklahoma State, you know, Oklahoma State's got a bunch of good games lined up. They got a home and home with Arkansas, home and home with Oregon, home and home with Alabama, all mm-hmm. those in the next eight, 10 years. Right. I said, keep those games and keep bedlam. OU says they want to keep playing. Hold them to it. Yeah. Tell you, take this, take this uh, schedule to the, to Fox or ESPN or whatever and say, look, 
we got good football when we play each other, but we got yeah. all these other games too. We're not we're not going to play Missouri State and and UTEP. We we got real games you can show. Sure. Set yourself apart. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly right. UMass. I'm UMass is in there. <laughs> the Aggies playing UMass this year? I think they, they are. I think that'll they be a are, good game. Yeah. That'll be a good game. They that's start right. out with it with uh, I think Sam Houston. I think. Yeah, they've got uh, App State too. I think in addition to Miami, yeah, that's a sneaky one. App State was they beat Michigan a few years ago. I applaud, I applaud the Ags for taking on Appalachian State. Not a lot of people do. That's a tough game. I do too. Barry, always a pleasure. Uh, It was great seeing you in Dallas at Big Twelve Media Day. We will see you again in Big D at the lavish Cotton Bowl with those beautiful seats that don't move. Swivel chairs, but the bathrooms work, so I'm not complaining. They do. I'm not keep things simmered down there, Norm, a little bit, okay? Well, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that things will settle down. We're supposed to keep the drama in Austin, just for the record. So yeah, do. we need that. What was that? Was it the monkey dancer or what was that? What? What you guys oh, go to? Oh, that looks yeah, like that looks like small of, potatoes. Of the oh, Halloween oh, stuff. Oh, this is oh, way, assassin. Yeah, this is way worse up here. For crying out loud, that's just funny stuff. Uh, y'all learn from the best. I think yeah. they'll take a monkey so. fight over uh, anything else that was. I guess uttered. So. Yeah, I think you're right. But brother, hold it down, and we look forward to seeing you during the season. You can read his stuff on Oklahoman.com. We run a lot of his stuff on Statesman.com too. Doug. Dude. I think he's out clicking yeah. us. You got to get to work, sir. You got to get. Probably to do. Work. He's put the pressure on us. Well, you you made up for it during SEC media days, Kirk. Yeah, <laughs> we we ate that stuff up. Uh, can't get enough SEC. So thanks, Barry. See you guys Appreciate later. Come in. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, Doug, uh, wonderful, wonderful conversations. Um, we're going to shut her down. Uh, we'll be back next week. I know we haven't been doing a whole lot of uh, back-to-backs, but we're going we're gonna to go back-to-back next week, Doug. Yeah. So we're getting closer to the season. We're about to, we're about to ramp this thing up. And we and, and we really appreciate the guys that have hung in there with us. Uh, you guys uh, through vacations and time off. We have to take time off in the summer. Or we don't get vacation. That's just how it is. So, but we're back rolling. Uh, check out our stuff on hookem.com and statesman.com. Uh, Brian Davis and Daniel Davis as well. And um, we'll be back next week. That'll do it for episode 267 of On Second Thought. Thanks to Barry Trammell, and thanks to you guys for listening and checking in. He's the Duck, Kirk Bowles, and I'm Sid Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Sid and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.